Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly imaginary radio show dedicated to celebrating the Too Beautiful to Live radio show slash podcast. On Monday mornings, we give you a recap of the previous week's shows, but now it's Saturday, where we have a guest on to talk about their relationship with TVTL, play their favorite segment from the show's history, and hash it over. And I can't do this all by myself, so producer Bobby Pape, fresh from a spirited Rhode Island beach snacking session, is close by to steer the ship, and as always, I'm joined on the air by the most perfect 10, the lovely and intelligent Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. C. Wise, I've been looking forward to this show for a while, um, for a couple reasons. One, you've been missing, and we needed you back. How can we play our drinking game without your giggles or sniffles? (laughs) You just can't do it. And for the other thing, we're having a guest on, for the first time, we're having a guest on who picked up on the show when it joined the Infinite Guest Network. He sort of had to. Well, let's just say he did have to because <laughs> he's the guy who promotes all those shows, and there he is, Steve Stu Stubot Newman. Hi, Steve Stu Stubot. No mountains at all, and good luck to all. <laughs> there he is. He knows his TVTL history, therefore, <laughs> do hey, repeat it. Hey, everybody. How's how it going? <laughs> Hey, you know, um, there's a few things that we must discuss uh, tonight, which I'll get to in a second. Of course, uh, Christy will interview Stu. Uh, he'll play his TBTL history clip, which something that got him actually hooked on wanting to listen to the show, from what I understand, and that's when uh, the boys talked about saxophones. If there's time, I put together a short quiz for him uh, called Feeling Minnesota, where I'll get uh, I'll get the feelings of a native Minnesotan on on some uh, local celebrities there. Of course, how to get involved in, if there's any housekeeping to do, Christy will do it. But as I said, things we must discuss. I've been wanting to get Stu on here for a long time because when I first found out about him, I was a little bit upset. Um, I, Stu, you probably know this. The The show had a, had a blogger for probably the last couple of years. And it was four different people that got passed from person to person. And I was the last one on that list. I was the last TBTL blogger before they went to infinite guest. Were you aware of that? No, I was completely unaware of that. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm glad you're unaware of it because I was just quietly seething that, <laughs> that my blog was rested from me. And it, uh, you know, and, and what happened was, you you started doing the blog and I started reading it and I was like, God damn it! I, what upset me the most is how funny you were. Well, thank you. Because you made it really hard to hate you. And then I started following you on Twitter and it was all over. My love affair with Stu was in full bloom and I wasn't mad about the blog anymore. And what um, and and I'm not mad about the blog anymore mainly because the the fact that I wasn't doing it anymore. Kind of led to my participation here. This this show was Christie's idea, and I think she wanted me to take it and do it with someone else. But I made her do it <laughs> with me. But I don't think I would have even done it if I still had the blog. And this is a much better forum, bigger place to stretch out for me. And I appreciate the kick in the ass that Infinite Guest gave me to get out and do this with Christie. So I want to say thank you for being awesome, and thank you for stealing my blog. Well, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and this and you're is your fault. Again? This is your fault, basically. <laughs> yes. 
what we're really saying is all the upset people at the Little Red Bandwagon, we'll send them your way because, yeah, it's it's pretty much you. That's fine. Um, I've, I've earned it. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been missing Christy. Um, she she missed the last show. Pape filled in. Christy has been very busy with work, but I understand last Saturday when Pape and I were doing the show, you were actually at a gay wedding. I was. And uh, it had to be the greatest day to have a gay wedding in gay wedding history, right? Well, everybody's got to be in a pretty god pretty good mood. Yeah. At that well, point, right? my argument is that all weddings are pretty gay. Yeah. That's true. That's why. That's why most straight guys hate them. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely a great um, week to celebrate Pride for sure. Yeah. So, um, your your dad is gay married as yes. well. When did that happen? Did, two years. Did they ago. get married in Washington. Yeah, they got married in Washington when it right when it became legal two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And since then, I um, um, I've officiated three same sex weddings. Did you officiate this one? The, um, no. Okay. So you just enjoy. I've, I've done um, two of my um, college friends, which was, that one was bittersweet. I cried through the, almost the whole thing um, because I had oh, no. told them in college, um, which was, you know, a million years ago because I'm really old, that someday when it's legal, which seems so far off, right? When it's, someday mm-hmm. when it's legal, I will... I will perform your wedding. And then they asked me and telling that story at their wedding was very tearful. Well, that's cute. Yeah. Um, okay. So something happened on the show last week and Bobby and I talked about it, but I'm glad Christy's here now. And, and Stu, uh, you probably listened to the OPP segment on Friday's show where uh, there was a letter to Andrew written actually by our senior producer, Jeremy, about a work situation that he had where he found out his coworker was going to get fired and he did not give her the information. He had a day or two with it and did not give her the information. And he was actually seeking advice on, on how to reconcile the friendship that they had, but ended up getting the larger discussion was whether he should have told her in advance. Do you remember hearing uh, about this? I do. Yes. What what was your opinion on that? I think everybody, you know, quietly was giving their own opinion on what what he should have done, um, what he should have done with the information. What did what did you think? I think he should have told her. In my opinion, I think he should have told her just because. I mean, it sounded like they had a long-standing friendship, and it just that's. Uh, I mean, it's a tough spot, but I think you just you gotta you gotta give the heads up and let the chips fall where they may, and that's. Easy for me to say, not having any consequences <laughs> that would fall on me. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's it's. Well, I mean, it's a it's a tough spot. I mean, don't get me wrong at all. I mean, I don't think less of him for taking the path he took. But had it been me, I'm pretty sure that I would have said, "Hey, uh, this is coming down the line, and you didn't hear mm-hmm. it from me, and I am so so sorry." Yeah, the the I think the toughest part of it. And Christy, you have all the inside info on mm-hmm. this, so um, definitely weigh on this. But I think the toughest part of it for me would have been they needed to get her laptop. They needed to to get you know information, contact stuff like that from her before uh, before letting her go. So they kind of needed her to come in and get that stuff. But if he tells her in advance, what if she just takes off? You know. Mm-hmm. It, it, Professionally, it seemed like a situation where he should keep his mouth shut. Personally, 
you know, of course you want to tell your friend, but Christy, what was that situation? Was, was that Jeremy fearing that that might be what would happen? Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't get the, the clean break and the, the information that they needed from her. Well, not giving too many details when it was decided, he didn't, he didn't have like the decision making of it. He was just told this is going to happen and, and when it was going to happen. And it was just a matter of one or two days, I think. And it definitely didn't go very well and they were ready for it. So I can't even imagine if she had a week's notice or even those two days, she could have done some really terrible things. I mean, they could, right. she could have if she'd gone off the rails, their, it could have really, yeah, she could have lost them, all of their customers, all their clients done terrible things. Um, already they're picking up pieces from things that she did in the, those few hours. Um, so I can't even imagine if it would have been days and, and the outcome would have been the same. She would have blamed him anyways. And even if she warned okay. him, they wouldn't, she would have cut off the friendship. So, so you feel the outcome would have been the same either way. He just did what he could to protect the company. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's how I came, came down on it. But you know, like Steve said, I mean, that's, that's really tough. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that they weren't still super, super tight. Cause that would have been, you know, that would have been another mitigating circumstance to, to keep quiet about it. But, <clears throat> um, but what it did lead to all of this, uh, led to a very good thing. And that's Jeremy is now, all the way in on TBTL. He's yes. A10. So yeah. <laughs> tragedy leads to, yeah, capital leads to T10. great things. So. He comes home now That's and, right. and says, have you, have you heard, did you hear, did you hear the episode? I mean, he told us yesterday before any of us had downloaded it, that we, that Andrew talked about us. He was the first person right. to tell us that yesterday. Yeah. We don't really have to worry about doing any real quick scouting anymore. He's, He's no, all over. He's that. refreshing so. his feed all day. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a frustrating day today for him because it just went up. Right. It was late. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Christy, I'm going to hand the reins over to you. I have a lot of questions that I'll ask along the way, but um, okay. take uh, Stu through the paces. Okay. Hello. Oh, boy. Hello, Stu. Do you prefer Stu, Steve, Bot? Stu is, Stu is fine. Stu is fine. Okay. Um, so how long have you been working for infinite guest one year, one year? And Mm -hmm. what is your, what's your media background? Um, my media background is I started a Twitter account about five years ago and people started following it and, um, I don't know why they did. Um, but they did, and then I lost my IT job because the company went under, so I applied for this job with Infinite Guest, and I got this job at Infinite Guest. That's the nickel version of uh, my media background. Did um, you know anybody there? Why do you think you got the job? Um, uh, well, um, are you familiar with John Moe at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, John Moe used to work for my friend Bill Radke back in college. I, I think I've met John maybe once, but I'm very familiar with him. Very funny guy used to work in Seattle Radio. Yes, he hosts the WITS uh, program out of uh, mm-hmm. St. Paul, similar to the LiveWire program that uh, Luke hosts. Right. And uh, we were uh, Twitter-friendly, and um, I think he put in a good word for me, and, um, you know, I applied the job. I saw it. It came down from a couple other people I knew, and I applied for it, and, well, here I am. 
Oh, let me let me follow up on that too. I was listening to Wits last weekend, and you got a writing credit. Are you a regular writer on that show? I am, but don't you know over? Uh, I don't want to overstate that. I don't write like the sketches or anything like that. I just I do some contributing um, mm-hmm. stuff, like little like you know one liner jokes, and um, I also handle a lot of the back end stuff. Like I put together the newsletter for Wits and stuff like that, and do okay. some of the uh, tweeting and the Facebook stuff. So. So I, I am a I am a I, a minor cog in the wits wheel. <laughs> so when you guys were shopping around to add TBT, I don't actually know how these kind of things work. But when you were looking to add TBTL, did they put it on your radar first, and you had to listen to it? Um, I think. Let me think. Um, I honestly, I had that's more of a dum da Steve Nelson question. <laughs> okay. And uh, um. Um, I, I really can't speak to that with any sort of authority about how that whole thing went down. I really, I apologize. I'm not trying to be evasive or anything. I just, <laughs> I literally just don't know. Okay. So and the first time you heard of TBTL uh, was when Steve said that that he was going to sign this show. And do you start listening immediately, or or do you get assigned to like figure out what's going on? I mean, how does that work? Because you're you kind of have to know what's going on on every show all the time, right? Right. Um, for me, for uh, TBTL, I had heard of it before, but never listened to it before. Uh, so there was like these two bozos in the Pacific Northwest who would uh, <laughs> talk about like you know colostomy bags or something like that. So I no, I, I that's not a thing. That's just um me being stupid. Um, so I had heard of it, and then I started listening once Steve said, "Hey, they're coming on board here in a couple weeks." So um, try to familiarize yourself with it. So I just started listening to the program. I. Uh, listen about a week's worth of shows. It's like, oh, this is this is pretty entertaining. I I, I kind of get where these guys are coming from. So, um, and I uh, sent them off a questionnaire so I could like build a blog post to introduce the infinite guest universe to the TBTL universe, and kind of went from there. Interesting. So, um, do you uh, do you have to listen to every one of the shows? Is that part of your job? Like all of the infinite guest shows. Um, I, it is my uh, job to listen to as much as I can. Okay. And I do, I do listen. I, I'd say if I had to ballpark it, I'd say to all well, the program we do, about seventy-five to eighty percent, I listen to. Yes. No Game of Thrones uh, recap. No Game of Thrones. Although I, I really am entertained by the Game of Thrones stuff, just because <laughs> it just listen to them just get so frustrated about you know certain plot points and stuff. It's just, it's just entertaining to listen to those two just lose their minds. Yeah. About certain things, and it's you know it's just it's just you know I they they do a good job of making you care about something you have no idea what they're discussing. Oh, so you don't Which watch I it? Is, I maybe ten minutes of it at like an airport bar type thing. Okay. I guess there, there there's a Hodor. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. There's so- a Hodor and. Got a, it's got kind of a lot of the the sexy time stuff yeah, and a lot of violence and incest. Yep. So you don't violence, have to watch any really of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pretty good. It's basically just it. like Lord of the Rings with just a bunch of pervs, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Yep. <laughs> okay. If if TBTL wanted to do, wanted to do a really faithful Game of Thrones recap, they would talk about it for about. 35, 40 minutes, and you'd just really be getting into it, and then either Andrew or Luke would get killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beheaded at a wedding oh. or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey. Totally out of the blue when I'm just that's, dead that's, on the that's floor. That's Ned Stark, right? Ned Stark? 
Did I get that yes. right? Right. That's that's right. the first season. <laughs> that was the first time it yes, happened. And then, and then, yep. uh, then found the One Ring, and Zeppelin yeah. wrote an album about it, and then sure. somebody showed their boobs. Okay, there right. I got it. Right. We bought us to heaven, and mm-hmm. we all are. Perfect. Um, are there other infinite guest shows that have a fan base like the t- like the tens? I would say actually, um, Wits actually has a really uh, good fan base. They have like a little like they have a social club outing. They just had a, a thing at the um, uh, city of St. Paul has a minor league baseball team called the St. Paul Saints, and they just had Wits Day there, similar to the Mariners Night mm-hmm. that TBT all had. You know, John had like the PA. He was controlling the public address system, and they had like games on the field and stuff like that. Fun. It was like a fun little outing for fans of the show. That's, so, yeah, that's uh, I think the most that, similar thing. That's like an independent team, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you can just take over the ballpark. That's awesome. That yeah. would be a great. Pretty idea. much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's really a beautiful. Fun. They just it's a brand new stadium. It's right right downtown in St. Paul. It's just it's gorgeous and it's really. A really cool little thing. It's like maybe I want to say six blocks from my um, front door of uh, APM. So it's cool. But do they have a opinion. podcast about them? <laughs> they do not have, there's. No <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> the little red wits wagon does not exist. No, <laughs> um, it's it does not exist. However, uh, <laughs> but um, John and um, Mike Eagle, um, the uh, Los Angeles hip hop guy, just started a, a podcast about uh, the cartoon show Adventure Time. So oh, okay. they sort of are doing their own Game of Thrones podcast as an actual right. podcast about a cartoon that they're fans of. And so it's like a half half little red bandwagon, half Game of Thrones TBTL segment. And back to the, your point of listening to people that are passionate about something, I've listened to an episode of that. I've I've seen bits and pieces of Adventure Time. I don't know any of the characters, but the the podcast was entertaining because I know, isn't it? It's, it's, it was, I mean, I was like, and I've, I know, and I mean, I've seen. I mean, I got kids that are just a little older than the Adventure Time, you know, wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So I'm just vaguely familiar with it. And again, I've seen it in passing. I, I mean, I can quote chapter and verse from like SpongeBob and iCarly. But I, I, I got I have no base um, on Adventure Time. But just listening to those two guys talk about it, it's just it's entertaining. It's fun. What, what is it called? So, uh, Conversation Parade. Yeah. Conversation Parade. Which is an number one podcast. on uh, iTunes comedy iTunes today? TV, uh, okay. iTunes TV and film podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, a lot of the. A lot of the uh, um, nerdier sectors of like Twitter and the internet are big, big on Adventure Time and have been like, you know, sh- saying, "Hey, take a look at this." Like, uh, uh, you guys are familiar with John Roderick, right? Yes. The, uh, yeah. Seattle. The musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his he does a podcast with a uh, Merlin man. I know he's a big tech writer, and he just uh, tweeted about it, and that gave us a nice little spike, I think. So. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Fun. Happy time. Show. Good. Good. Have you gone back and listened to any of the old episodes? Yes. Um, when we were um, porting over the uh, the archives from uh, My Northwest, um, this is, I saw, I mean, obviously I've not listened to all uh, 1,892 episodes because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that is a hell of a lot of a collector series to listen yeah. to. But, I mean, just, you know, just to, like, you know, go back and just, like, hear, like, oh, that's, like, an actual, like, radio show that had commercials and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like this was in like a, a Jen before she was like the Andrew before the Andrew was Andrew. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just like just to listen to like how the show used to be and like listening to it develop. And I mean, there was still a lot of the TV tale that as it exists now, I think was just there just cause that's how Luke is as far as mm. like a host goes. But, um, it's just, it was, you know, just, I don't know if it is archival. That's not the right word, but archaeological that's maybe the right word oh, let's yeah, go with that let's word. just say that this yeah so just like listen, anthropological listen to, maybe but that's probably a lot better but yeah i listen to like a couple like 2009 shows and like you know just mm-hmm. skipping back and forth and just like so I've, I've heard of that guest before so it's just you know so yeah i have listened to some but i have not listened to a thorough amount like i have not just drilled down on march 2010 to see okay. what was going on in TBTLON. You know, I don't know if you whatever. listen to our show, but there are have been people in the past I have, that yes. Okay. <laughs> there everyone does the going back into history different and my favorite mm-hmm. way is someone would go back to like today's June 30th. They would go back in history every June 3rd to every June 30th and listen to all of those mm-hmm. shows. So it would be well now it's a lot more, but it would be four or five shows in one day. Mhm. And that, and that would That's be the crazy. way that they would that they would do it. But um, now I have to ask you about the archive issues. Where are uh, where's hour three? I don't know. I have no idea what hour three even is. I have no idea. Okay. I didn't even know there was a thing. <laughs> well, because I think it's well, we have our theories, of course. And I saw how the Infinite Guest website was set up, and I just said, as a nerd of TBTL and of the archive and listening and pulling these clips, I just said, "Oh no, this isn't going to be good when it, it's gets pulled over." Just because the, there's no search function like there used well, to be. Well, let's uh, let's let's set this up though. Um, some people might know not know what we're talking about. We've yeah. been, you know, talking back and forth. There's a um, guy. Is it, his name is Ben Quick, right? Yes. Christy. Yeah. It, it's a guy. He's a guy who's been archiving. Um, TBTL, the the radio days, and he's moving forward from there. And the way that uh, my Northwest had archived it, there were some errors. And but the terrible. main error was during the radio show days, there were there were three hours, and each hour had about thirty five to forty five minutes of content, depending on the spot load. And there would be hour one, hour two, and hour three. But the way they put it on their uh, website. It was hour one, and then it was the hour two, and then the, the hour three would be labeled hour two. Again. Or one. Right, right. It, so there was a lot of, of repeat labeling um, in their archives. And then when, when things got transferred over to Infinite Guest, those duplicates got eliminated, even though they weren't actually content duplicates. They were just title duplicates. So um, on the Infinite Guest archive right now, there is missing content. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I'd love to. See, I'd love to give you any sort of answer that isn't beyond the shruggy from the internet. Right. Sure. All, all, all no, I we, have we, is the shruggy. That's we all just I'm had to ask the question because but, people told us to. But but we can we can solve we can solve the shrugs though because uh, we have we have a guy maybe multiple people who have archived those shows so they're not lost the hours are not lost and we can put we can put uh, IG in touch with. Ben and Ben can help restore everything if if you guys if you guys are interested in, in having the complete archive because it it can exist and people are always trying to go back to the beginning 
and it would be nice if all the content was there. Well, I can I I can't speak for Infinite Guest, yeah. even though I am the voice of Infinite Guest. But <laughs> That's exactly what you do for Infinite Guest. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to get that boss. question a lot, I, either on Twitter or just straight oh, voicemails. It has it, it has come across the transom already. So, okay. but it definitely mm. is oh, a yes. my Northwest old issue. So that is the, is the root of the problem. And there, yeah, okay, yeah. It wasn't anything. Honestly, was was terrible. Because you'd have to know the exact date because it would pull up on this janky calendar or you'd have to kind of guess at a keyword and hope that they had put that in the description. Um, so it, it wasn't lovely either. And I'm sure that you, no. you guys will figure it out and fix it and it will be much, much, much better. But Well, we've tortured him enough. Christy, do you yeah. have any uh, more questions? Um, just if there's, if you have a favorite drop or a TBTLism that you need to know the history of. Oh. I would like to know the history of problem or a blessing. Good question. Yeah, that's I, a drop. I, I know, I know the drop. I don't know who said it. I don't know it where it sounds from. like um, Ellie Kemper, um, from either The Office or from um, Unbreakable oh, yeah. Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, but I honestly don't it does know. Sound like her. And it's it's in the spirit of her character, at least on yes. the office, for sure. Yes. Hmm. Well, when I so that would oh. be the, yeah. If anyone if anyone knows who's listening to this, and God knows yes. who listens to this, people, let I'm, me know. I just if, send, if your your next complaint about the archives, I'll send me the answer to this, <laughs> and maybe maybe I'll get a little yeah. more attention from well, powers I just, that be. I just googled it, and something from Archer came up. Hmm. Oh, it's Carol Tunt. Um, yeah, it's like Judy a, Greer's character. It's a, a, she, a, she a secretary? A country music singer. Um, yes. Okay. So Her last what... name is Tunt. I'm just going to keep saying Tunt, by the way. I could make it really uncomfortable here. <laughs> I really um, but yeah, that, that, because it sounds like Judy Greer's voice. Okay, so oh, it's from Judy Archer. Greer, okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go. We've already solved it. <laughs> But and I, if anyone out there really likes Archer, go back and watch Frisky Dingo. Find it and watch it. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I'd like to know when they played it first. Like the context of it was it one of Andrew's pre-show role, um, or was it something that Luke found and dropped it in a conversation? Now I need to know. Good yeah, question. Yeah, that we still need to know. Yeah. It says it was from a 2014 episode. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. So the clip, um, I asked you the other day, Stu, what, when you were, I think when you crossed the line from listening because you had to listen to listening because you wanted to listen, and the clip you came up with immediately was from a show, uh, 1827, You Can't Flout a Flauta, and it was, I should say flauta because I'm in Texas and I need to say it right. Uh, it was a segment pretty early in the show where they were talking about saxophone uh, music. And the reason it came up is because they were doing Dreamcatchers, our least favorite segment. But it did lead to this moment. And, Bobby, can you play this? <laughs> I find that to be believable um, in, in the realm of dreams. I like that what this has really turned into is Dream Court, <laughs> where you basically decide if you think these are real dreams that happened or people just trying to come up with hilarious <laughs> ideas of what a dream could be so as to get their name read on TBTL. 
I like the idea of change. Can you get a drop or something that um, changes this whole segment from dream, dream court to dream court? What I feel like is it would it would somehow involve the theme from Night Court. I think you're absolutely right, and I think with little Harry Anderson action somehow. But then somehow I don't want to hear about your Harry Anderson. <laughs> um, but then also somehow I don't know how we, maybe it's different lyrics. There are no lyrics to the Night Court theme song though. It was just that was in that. Um, I'm going to sing the Night Court theme song, okay? You know it off the top of your head? I think it was like, it's real jazzy. It's Mm like, it's like got some kind of like bass line thing coming in, and then it goes, do, 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 do. And then there's like a jazzy horn, or a guitar, do, 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 do. That's what I think the Night Court theme is. Do, do you want see how close I actually? Oh yeah, do you have it up you, there too? Because I no, have it. Do yet. you have it? You yeah, have yeah. Let's play it. Let's see how I did. <laughs> Not bad. Good job, Luke. You did <laughs> you know, a nice probably, job with that. Do you, do you realize that I've I've seen the show Night Court like three times in my life? Are you serious? That came yeah, from a the, non-fan? Were you just? Did you only watch the open? I was a real uh, Night Court open head. Yeah, just really into the theme. No, it's because that show was really popular at a time when we didn't have a TV. Oh, so, but, but, but I, why so do you I, know the theme so well? I don't know. It just stuck in my head for some reason. Wow, that's really good. I, I mean, I used to actually watch that show, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I couldn't have done that. Although, of course, the second I hear it, 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 all, comes it all comes flooding back. Flooding As a matter of fact, I was going to make a joke about how you could not have a uh, TV show that took place in a city at night without having saxophone in the <laughs> intro. I mean, that seemed just to be that a was, rule. There was. There were just. It got established at some point. That saxophone gets played at night under a street light, possibly standing mm-hmm. on top of a manhole cover that has steam coming out of it. Saturday Night Live, anybody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. it's just all saxophone playing, and maybe there's and there's possibly a neon sign that's flickering on and off. Oh, those are all things yeah. that are happening. Whilst saxophone, in the words of Homer Simpson, is being played. Absolutely. And there might even be, maybe it's not raining, but there's there was a rain recently. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. things are a little sparkly out there. Um, yeah. Let's see. As a matter of fact, that also reminds me of this, something that our friend Stu was mentioning in an email to us the other day. Oh, is this going to work? Our friend Blogger Stu. Our friend Blogger Stu. Over the at the Infinite, Infinite Guest Podcast Network. This is not... Do you know this song? There we go. Oh, yeah. This is uh, Baker Street. Right. This dude died, by the way, recently. Uh, oh, uh, Jerry Rafferty? Uh, I don't know. I don't think... I think Jerry Rafferty is the guy who sings, and this is a British dude who's playing the sax. Oh, the sax and, player died. And, yeah, and he... Um, play Here, turn this up for a second. Is that Freedom Rock? Turn it up.
I think this is Jerry Rafferty singing, and okay. I believe it was. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the guy. It's I know it's bothering our uh, listeners, but anyway, he the guy who who played that sax part was he was really mad because he felt like he was playing flat in that moment of that song, and it was his by far and away his most famous uh, saxophone solo. Even though he was a um, he was a really well respected. Uh, his name was uh, his last name was Ravenscroft. Oh wow! Yeah. Speaking of Game of Thrones, is coming back pretty soon. I know that is like. <laughs> will will saxophone ever come? It will if Ravenscroft <laughs> is involved. Why can't um, I find this guy's first name? I'm looking through. I'm looking. Th- I'm looking at the the um uh, like Wikipedia page for this song Baker Street, mm-hmm. and it's like the guy who played saxophone. That should just be. That should be like. Be, I forget Jerry Rafferty. That should be the first thing in the Wikipedia page. And uh, it's not. And uh, I'm going to have to sit here and carefully... Thank you. Buy me some time here. I honestly did not even realize that there were lyrics to this song. Um, Stu was emailing us about um, Song of the Summer recently, just kind of saying, hey, I hear you guys do something called Song of the Summer. What's up with that? And he said, why would Baker Street not win the Song of the Summer contest every year? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know that song, Baker Street. So I looked it up. And then the second I heard the saxophone, I was like, oh, of course I know this song. Right. It's the, it's the sexiest nighttime in the city song ever written. And then he got to these lyrics, and this was all new to me. By the way, yeah, Raphael Ravenscroft. Oh, my God. Fake name. Probably it's got to be a. Fake well, what about you know what? But you know what I would what I would put up against that song hmm. in terms of the like saxophone night songs is Glenn Fry, "You Belong to the City." <gasps> You're right; they are different songs. Off of the Miami Vice soundtrack. By the way. Estate of Raphael Ravenscroft and <laughs> Jerry Rafferty. You might want to sue Glenn Fry over this song. If you're if if the Marvin Gaye family got all that money. You know the weird part? Huh. The video for this song, it's like a beautiful blue day. He's standing in a field of wheat. Not that You're joking. Yeah, I am. It's nighttime <laughs> in the city and there's steam coming off of things. In this video, Don Johnson is in full Miami Vice gear, and he appears to be trying to hitchhike. Now he's leaning against a lamppost. Who's not picking Don Johnson up? Yeah. Handsome, 1980-something Don Johnson. People who insist on picking up only hitchhikers who wear socks. Ah, okay, yeah. What is a river of... 
What does a river of darkness even look like? You don't want to know. The people who can answer that question are not around to answer that question. Um... All right, so hey, Man. listen. Can I just sorry, uh, to, to, yeah, to ch- ch- a transition out of this? I did want to say though that the last dream that I will read, the last dream tweet <laughs> here, is related dreams. to saxophones. Okay. He, um, uh, Garrett had a dream where I could make a beautiful sound on a saxophone. He wrote saxophone. I had a dream where I could make a beautiful sound on a saxophone, but I didn't know any of the fingerings. There, that's what we call okay. wrapping a segment up. That's closure. See, I thought we were gonna. I was hoping we were gonna hit another saxophone mm-hmm. post, and then we'd really have put just a great punctuation on it. But by the way, Glenn Fry, what was the other one? Did he also write Smuggler's Blues? I don't know Smuggler's Blues. I've never heard of it. Well, of course, I didn't think I'd heard of Baker Street either. I just feel like. Um, because uh, this song, You Belong to the City, is pretty terrible in my opinion. A little, <laughs> as we like to say, on the nose. And the uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, he was also, because he was in the Eagles, right? Yes, I believe so. And then he went on to have this solo career in the 80s where he was, like, really, he was really killing it. Um, and I always felt Smuggler's Blues was another just terrible, way too on the nose song. Can I just give you a little? Yeah, give, give me you, a like, taste. Give, give you about, I'll give you about a minute of. Smuggler's Blues. Nice. Oh, geez. This is one of these videos that's got a whole damn plot line. It's going to set a scene. There is. It's a guy sitting. It's Glenn Fry sitting in a car. They've got a suitcase of money. They're in South America somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, Glenn Fry's getting nervous. He's just. He's had too much of the smuggler's game. He's sitting next to a guy with a combination of. Che Guevara and Casey Affleck. <laughs> He's wearing like some Maui guy. gym sunglasses. I know you probably would. I'll be right but here. Casey Affleck guy gets out of the car. He's walking down some little alley with the suitcase of money. And uh, Glenn Fry is having a flashback now of little kids playing as he smokes a cigarette. Thank God this didn't take it. Uh oh. Things just went sideways. Casey Affleck jumping back in the car. Guys are shooting at him. He's got the smuggler's blues. <laughs> That's great narration. Thank you. There's trouble on the street tonight. I can feel it in my bones. I had a premonition that he should not go alone. I knew the gun was loaded, but I didn't think he'd kill. Everything exploded and the blood began to spill. So maybe here's your ticket with the suitcase in your hand. the nature of the business, Andrew. I know. It's the Smuggler's Blues. I smuggler's Blues. I don't have a lot of, um, I don't have a lot of room in my life for the Eagles. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so with you. The, the main song I like by, you ever met somebody, by the way, who wants to point out that it's not the Eagles, it's just Eagles? 
No, you're the person. first person. I guess you I, guess to, I you have. Need, He's you. You need to unfriend that person. <laughs> like, you need to IRL unfriend them if they ever tell you that. Oh, uh, no, actually, it's Eagles. You are right. I'm looking at it now on the interwebs. It's Eagles. Huh. It's Eagles. Hey, it's actually just uh, Eagles, Andrew. So Dreamcatcher morphed into Dream Court, which led to Luke singing the Dream, not, no, sorry, the Night Court theme, which he did pretty accurately. He did pretty good. For a guy who's never watched the show. But yeah, I I find that there are a lot of shows from way back in the day that I know, I know the theme songs cold, you know? I never really watched the shows, but they were on in the background or it was before you could change the channel and you'd get 20 seconds of the theme song. I think, Christy, you're you're in love with oh, theme um, songs. Mm-hmm. what is the uh, – oh, yeah, you're, you're huge on the theme songs. And uh, what was that one where you and your sister would do a little dance? and uh, The Family Ties. Family Ties. Yep. You do the la-la-la-la yep. and do a little yep. poses and yep. stuff. <laughs> so I know that song. Though I dev- never really watched the show, and I know that Night Court song, Cold, even though I never watched the show and Luke didn't. Uh, were we just too lazy to to turn the channel? Why do we know all these songs from shows that we don't watch? Well, because there wasn't that much on TV. I mean, what was there, like three or four channels? I mean, back in your day, Mike, there was one, and it ended at, at 10 o'clock at night. But um, in the 80s, it you know there was not much... TV and I think that people just had the TV on in the background. At least that's how my house was. Just a constant companion. Right. But what it led to, because there was such awesome jazz saxophone in that song, was a discussion of of saxophone in a certain era of music and, and what uh, the saxophone in the song means to people. Like the uh, it means a street scene. It means like it's going to get real and gritty here, like Smuggler's mm-hmm. Blues right. and that and that kind of thing. So they were talking during that clip, Stu, that you had written to them about saxophones just very close previous to that. How did that work into what they were actually talking about? Um, the Song of the Summer thing. We had had preliminary discussions about oh. the Song of the Summer thing and right. asked anyone who was born roughly when I was, the only Song of the Summer that ever matters is Baker Street. By Jerry Rafferty, <laughs> which is the most epic saxophone solo yeah. on the planet oh on, God, on, yeah. in the history of recorded music. So that's that's sure. entirely why it came up. So I just had sent them. Then I sent them the video to the song, and then I just played it like you know five times in a row in my office. Some just saxophone and a little air bass, <laughs> a little air guitar. It was pretty great. So anyway, that that's the only reason that came up was that uh, we were talking about Song of the Summer, and the only Song of the Summer that I subscribe to is uh, Baker Street by Julia. Well, do you plan to openly campaign for Baker Street this year and in future years? No. Um, I, I will, but I think it'll fall on deaf ears, because from oh, what I understand, I, I bet you, you both can correct me, is that it has to be a uh, song of current vintage, not uh, past vintage. Yes, but there's always the outliers. Um, what was it? Two summers ago, a song from Poland one, and we had no idea yeah. what any of the words are because yeah. a couple of the fans of this small band um, put it in and got enough people voting for it. And I think that there's kind of the fatigue of Song of the Summer that people just said, "Okay, we're voting for it. Let's do it." So well, if, I, if you, another if you thing that it, I will co-sign Christy. it. Yep, go ahead. I think another thing that happened that year was um, there was some popular song. I, I forget who it was, maybe Bruno Mars or something, 
where their fans had gotten a hold of the contest in some way, yeah. and it just shot way ahead. And, the, and you know the tens, they don't like that. If anyone's no. going to load the ballot box, it's going to be us. It's going to be us. So right. they chose the anti song, and it was just, you know, some catchy little Polish song, and they rocketed that one to the top, and it, it won Song of the Summer that summer. But, <clears throat> Stu, if you're looking for hard and fast rules for Song of the Summer, mm-hmm. you won't find them. I don't think TBTL's contest is going to be for you. Okay, well, <laughs> they, good, because I have, I've got like a dozen suggestions, and none of them are from 2015. I, I there like you go. It because every year, the whole time leading up to the last day when they announce, they're constantly defining what it actually means. So I think Song of the Summer doesn't have to be the summer of 2015. That's what mm-hmm. I'm going with. Yeah, I will awesome. definitely so I'm gonna back suggest, your vote. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest either a Baker Street or Season of the Witch. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to do just a bunch of Donovan. Because I know Walsh will be in my corner if I do Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. I figure that's you know that's probably worth something. Nobody's hipper than Walsh. Nobody nobody has his finger on the pulse of uh, <laughs> of, of today's song well, of the summer than than Andrew tonight pants Walsh with his belted well, cut off khakis. Well, he did he did spend all of Monday show just taking a shit on James Taylor, which I'm fine with. So, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty good. I kind of so. did a few weeks oh, ago here too. Yeah. Can I swear in this? By the way, I should probably yes. check. You guys. just have to say after you say it, you have to say sorry, Aiden, because we have a nine year old listener. Aiden, I'm fucking sorry. It's not. I'm, I'm <laughs> he really will sorry love about that. that. He will love that. <laughs> okay. So I have a question so about got, these songs with the saxophone. Um, would these have been songs that you put on mixtape for dates, sexy times? Like, hey, I got this tape. Let's put it in. Wait. You're, you're asking the wrong guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love making mixtapes. I just was really unsuccessful with the ladies in, in that era. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, I, I mean, I was a big fan of, like, the that classic rock, like, you know, into um, alternative rock type of that little border in the middle eighties, mm. and that's just you know, um, Careless Whisper had a oh great. Oh God, yes. Backslide. I mean, you can't. I mean, this just you know, I mean that's classic. Uh, Ridgely and Michael, right there. I, I go Ridgely and Michael, not Michael and Ridgely. I know a lot of people say <laughs> George Michael carried Wham. I'm, I'm I'm a Ridgely guy. I know I know I, I know that. Speaking of outliers. I uh, I know it's an outlier, but I mean, Ridgely brought a lot. He like uh, he, I think played bass on one song. So I he mean, was, he was tall. He was uh, tall. He had black hair. Firm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, had, Solid. He had a mullet. I think when Make It Big came out. So um, but yeah, but yeah um, Careless Whisper. Um, yeah, the, there's a uh, uh, boy. That was a weird digression into my personal life there, but um, anyway. Um, well, let me yes, turn I, it on. I, made, I loved though. making mixtapes. I was really good at making mixtapes. I was just really bad at getting girls. Sexy time. With, <laughs> there we go. Christy, you, yes. you, brought it, you brought it up, so I guess I have to ask you, did any guy ever make you a mixtape that was meant for sexy times? It wasn't just meant to romance you. It was meant to play while you're getting down. You know, I don't think I ever got a mixtape... A mixed CD, maybe, um, but I, I, for some reason, dated a lot of uh, boys in bands, and so they would be like, I'm going to play this Queensryche song for you. So that would be more of, <laughs> of what oh I was dealing God. with. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> or uh, some uh, Green Day. 
<laughs> no, nothing gets the bra hooks unstrapped in Operation Mindcrime. Yes! <laughs> just, oh my God. They're from my hometown. We used to play uh, junior high dances and high school dances. Yeah. In really? They probably community. still do. Yes. Oh, they're back there, yeah. yeah they're back say, in Odell Junior High. They just booked it. The, the circle has come come full circle back. Right. Oh, my goodness. The state fair circuit let them loose, yep. and now now they're back going back to Sammamish, Sammamish High School yep. for prom. Wow. Hey, isn't that – wait a minute. Can you say the name of that school again, Mike? Uh, Odell, Odell Junior High, O-D-L-E, was a junior high I went to, and Sammamish High School is the high school my brother and sister went to. Isn't that a place that had like cannon related injuries once? Sammamish? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna not look sure. that up. I believe that they their that high school I think had like uh they have a cannon on campus. <laughs> I wasn't aware. I'm glad I didn't I'm gonna, go there because I'm, I'm not allowed have, around firearms. I'm gonna have this has been rattling around in the back of my brain like because, you know, that I have connections in Washington State. Um there's a School out there, and I want to say that former Washington Husky Rick Fenny, a running back who ended up playing oh, for the Vikings. He's from Snohomish County, Rick Fenny. I'm pretty sure. I used to play yeah. basketball with him in college. Yeah, he ended up it going was to jail. You can't guard yeah, he Rick jail Fenny. Too. He went to jail too. What for uh, for us, us uh, I want to say Titan or Mortgage oh. Rod. It's it happens with running backs. You know how it goes. Um, but uh, well, I, I don't know that you know how that goes with running backs. But anyway, there I believe was a cannon-related injury at a Snohomish uh, football game. Yep, you're I will right. look that it's up. Snohomish. Not I just looked yeah, it up. Yeah, he went to Snohomish High School. Snohomish, I think. not Sammamish. Um, which they oh, all kind of sound the same. I to apologize. Other no, it's fine. It's when, Snohomish, Sammamish. Let's call the whole thing off. I'm when you Google it, the there's a picture of the injury, and it's pretty gross. I wish I had a really. I, I, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. Entirely wrong is what you're saying. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's, awesome. sorry, my dog. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it, it's playing basketball. Playing basketball against Rick Fenny was my first experience in the uh, hack a shack or hack a Fenny, uh, because this guy he was a he was a fullback and he was so broad shouldered. It was impossible for him to shoot a free throw. So as many fouls as you could give, you just foul that guy. <laughs> And uh, just watch him smash it off the backboard and rebound it. Wow, this is I, I, I'm talking to somebody who played basketball against a former Minnesota Viking <laughs> who went to jail for securities fraud or something. Hey, like that. well, I went yeah. to jail too. I can't judge. Well, I, I can though. So <laughs> sure, sure, that's awesome. I judge when you can. Are yeah, you a so big Vikings the, um, fan? So, uh, I am a big Vikings fan. Yes, to my detriment. <laughs> but just okay. So just more clear. So Snohomish cannon-related injury. Snohomish. Where Mike went to high school. Where members of my family went to high school. Sammamish. Sammamish. S A M M A M I S H. Let's go. <laughs> we have oh. a lot of. Hey, I used to go to the games when I was a little kid. What do you want from me? This is you... great. This is this has made my evening already. That this is a thing that actually happened. But Stu, you have a lot of like. Interesting sounding names it, there in Minnesota too. I mean, we have lots of Native American true. names where people can't oh, actually here. pronounce them. So I, you, you're, I know that you have that too. Minnetonkas or Gitchagumis and our Okabojis, which is actually in Iowa. Never mind. So <laughs> sorry about that. Are you still searching for something, Christy? Nope. I found okay. it. The cannon. More, more cannon, more cannon-related injuries. Yeah. Did, was there? Did we find that there was a cannon? Yes, 
at Sammamish High School. That's which Sammamish. also would oh no so no Snohomish. Sorry, My mom no, taught there. I, I'm I'm glad she survived that. She died yeah. later, but it was uncanon related. Yeah. Um, so Snohomish High School. This is a little bit of trivia. Was the high school that the kid went to in War Games? Okay, Matthew Broderick. Yep. And I think interestingly enough, the um, there was a controversy. Uh, the there were ladies. I don't know if it was cheerleaders or just fans of Snohomish High School. The women were calling themselves the Snowhoes. The Snowhoes, yeah. And and uh, they who, had it somebody on the butt didn't like their, that. They made them. They had it on the butt of their pants. Yeah, and somebody made them stop it. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, this is probably, up in your probably, neck. Of the probably woods, their dads. You know my, my guess is probably their dad saw that. So no, no, that's not That's not. That yeah, that should have been on an individual basis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there should be a conscience clause for these snow warm-ups. Right. Yeah. Christy, do you have anything else on that clip or, or, or Stu? I mean, the Smuggler's Blues, I mean, come on. That has got to be the most embarrassing video. Oh, it's Well, it's Glenn Fry. I mean, he's the most embarrassing human being imaginable. If you've seen the Eagles documentary, he's uh, just a piece uh, of Stu, it's so. Eagles. If I know it's Eagles, Eagles documentary. <laughs> yes, no, I just between him, him and Henley seem to be like in a headlong race to see who the biggest asshole on planet Earth is. And it's it's still neck and neck as far as I can tell. Yeah, I think my favorite part of the clip was when Luke was queued up the song and he said, "Oh, Andrew, you wouldn't believe this video. He's standing in a field in the middle of the day." And Andrew's like, "He is." No, he's in, he's on the street at night and it's raining. <laughs> right. 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 There are multi, multiple manholes and out steam. And who Walsh's sense of wonder. But seriously, the eighties were the best time to be a saxophone player, right? Uh yeah, probably. They seemed to let those tasteful saxophone parts were just you know, yeah, obviously Clarence Clemens with the E Street band was always, you know, omnipresent that way, but it seemed like you know, the the 80s seem to be really friendly for that type, that type of, you know, just little, oh, hey, there's a saxophone. And right. now we're going to go to the slap bass that were recorded underwater. You know, that yeah, we know we know you like the um, the Baker Street one. Do you actually Love like it. all of the saxophone solos or, or do you just pick um, and choose? I pick and choose. I dabble. I'm not going to say that I'm a phone guy, but I dabble. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is I'm hurtful not, for I'm me. Not to like bring a, up, I'm not like a jazzbo or anything like that. No. Uh, I know this is a hurtful thing for me to bring up, but um, classic saxophone was on Saint Elmo's Fire when he just would randomly oh, yeah. pull it out with the the sheets flying everywhere, and he he's just in an empty apartment yes. playing the saxophone. <laughs> yes. God, he was so good at that. That was that. that I mean. Obviously, I think Rob Lowe peaked with Parks and Recreation. Yes. He's just perfect on that. But, I mean, that that was I think, before Parks and Rec. I think that was, you know, peak Lowe. Yeah. Just showing See? up, just grabbing that saxophone, just wailing on the saxophone. Yeah. The oh, earring, God. the cross earring that hung down, just one. I mean, this, yeah. Oh, he was just uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. That- that was of an era, the um, St. Elmo's Fire, and then I think Dirty Dancing was sort of in the same era. These were movies when you were a young man uh, trying to get laid, you had to sit through because your lady <laughs> wanted to go. And 
So I know those movies way better than I want to, should. I mean, when they come on, I know shot for shot what's going to happen. And and in a vacuum, like if I wasn't trying to get laid, I would never have seen either one of those movies. But I know them by fucking heart. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> but yeah, what's I, your I, excuse I, for watching I, them now, Mike? Uh, well, that's just remembering what happened afterwards. <laughs> okay. Spank bank material then. Sure, sure. <laughs> It's a salivary, you know, it's a it's a conditioned response. <laughs> um, Stu, are you ready for a, uh, a quick quiz? How, how Minnesota are you feeling tonight? I am feeling at least, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I am feeling, uh, let's just say Walter Mondale. That's, <laughs> wow. That's, 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 like, that's like feeling Massachusetts as Dukakis. There you go. So, um... I was listening to your sports podcast. Is it sportive or the sportive? I don't uh, want to the, get that wrong after uh, I just corrected sportive. Podcast. And yeah. it is uh, you and two or three other guys, depending on. Three, three other guys. Three other guys. Uh, there's there's a guy named John. There's a guy named. Yep, John's Brandon. <laughs> and, and a Brandon and a guy named Clarence, which is a pseudonym. He doesn't go by his real name. Uh, is he afraid that his participation in the podcast is going to be hurtful to his career somehow? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll keep his identity safe. But I, I love, I love John because he has the accent big time. Yes. Yes. He, yes. He does. Um. And everybody out there, if you're into either Minnesota sports or if you're into advanced um cybermetrics, such as BFW, XFIP, BABIP, DRS, BFW. <laughs> This is the show for you. If any of that made sense to you, and it does to me, I'm all in. Uh, you got to go listen to the sportive. But it made me think about Minnesota sports, Minnesota politics, Minnesota celebrities. So I, I'm going to give you some choices. You're going to have to make okay. some some tough choices. Okay. And the first choice you're going to have to make, just imagine a world where this is going to happen. The owner of the Minnesota Vikings is uh, Ziggy Wilf, right? Is that how you yes. pronounce his last name? Ziggy Wilf. Right. Yes. He he seems like a little bit of a shaky owner to me. There's been a lot of shaky things going on with the Vikings over the over his uh, tenure, yes. not the least of which have been the Adrian Peterson thing. And yes. So, if you had a chance to switch him out for another Ziggy, like mm-hmm. cartoon Ziggy or Ziggy Stardust, would you do it? Yes. Which one? Um, does it have to be those two, or can it be Ziggy Marley? Oh, interesting. Ziggy Marley is Ziggy Marley alive? Yes. You can have Ziggy Marley. Okay. He seems he does like children's like cartoon theme songs now, mm-hmm. and you know he's got Bob Marley estate money, so he's clearly he can afford to buy the to buy the uh, franchise. Because I don't know that I mean Ziggy Stardust is fictional, so he can't. And um, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'll go with Ziggy Marley. And I swap him out. I swap him out in five minutes. Okay. Uh, second one. You have to choose one prince to rule the Midwest. Is it going to be Prince, uh, Prince Charles, or Prince Fielder? Uh, prince Rogers Nelson. Really? Yes. You, you're all in on Prince. I am all in on Prince. Okay. Fan do, boy. do you think Huge you're all in boy. on Prince because you're from Minnesota, or would you be all in on Prince no matter what? No matter what. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm definitely a bobo for local musicians, but I'm all in on Prince, and I think I think I've I think the track record backs that up. Well, okay, then we'll stay with music. 
you have there there you're going to sit still for two hours of unair conditioned entertainment in July. So I'm in the Andrew room. No, I don't know. Yeah. Or or in Christie's room or tonight. Or in my house. She's also boiling. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Would you rather see uh, Garrison Keeler front the hold steady for two hours, or would you rather see Bob Dylan host Prairie Home Companion? I'm gonna go with Dylan. Dylan just seems like that. That seems like something that's like compatible to where he's currently at in his career. If you saw him like on Letterman's last show, he was doing like a crooner Sinatra type of things. Seems to be a little more in line with his tastes. Whereas Keeler, I don't, I, I just don't know that him and the whole study would work, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and well, here's the part where I, well, here's the part where I say that I'm friends of friends with Craig Penn, and I brag about it, but I'm not really, but I only met him once. So, but you don't want to friend, replace him with Keeler. That's not no, nice. No, no, it's just it would just be mean. So. He's um, a good person. From what I would be interested in just seeing Bob Dylan try to do the skits. In Prairie Home yeah, he, he doesn't seem like he would be good with the, you know the you know beats of a sketch or something like <laughs> he that. Does he not. Just, I don't want to see him do guy noir. Let's put it that way. I don't, ah! I don't know that no. that's a thing that Dylan's going to excel at. No, I think he could hold his own with all the banjo playing that goes on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He'd be be great with all the bluegrass musicians. I don't think there's any doubt about that. All right, I got got two more. Um, There's a roommate situation. You're you're free. You you don't have a wife. You don't have kids. You're free again, but you need uh, a roommate situation. Your roommates will either be a combination of Josh Hartnett and Sean William Scott, a.k.a. Stifler, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Jesse the Governor Ventura. Um, clearly, it's uh, you got to go with Hartnett and Scott there because they're not crazy. Right. So uh, <laughs> they're not get that, run, some runoff guys too, right? That's the correct. Yeah, answer. yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah, it's just they're, they're handsome. I mean, um, they're from they're one of us. So I don't. Know. I, I I I give the nod to the guys in the suburbs and. You know, let Jesse go on and on about whatever he's going on about. Well, and also, don't you think if you were living with Jesse Ventura, it's only a matter of time before. Can you imagine that, by the way, having to live with Jesse Ventura? No. Right. Like, like say, say you ate the last pickle or something, and oh. now he thinks you're trying to kill him. You know? No, Mike. These pickles <laughs> were bought with my money. And now Sorry, Jesse. So. Sorry, man. That was that. There, there was my imitation for the for the program. That was my oh, Jesse the Body. I like it. Show, so. It was good. All right. Uh, now you have to you have to go into next season, the next Viking season, with you. You can't have Bridgewater. He's done. Oh God. He, uh, he, I he, love he, he Bridgewater so much. Manholes that during the sax solo and no, he's yeah, broke his. That'll leg. happen. That'll happen. So you have to have one of the these three guys open the season, the 2015 season. For the Vikings, at quarterback Max Sell, okay, uh, Christian Ponder, okay, or Brett Favre, uh, Favre. Wow, Viking legend, Brett Favre. Vikings legend, um, Vikings legend, Brett Favre. Um, probably uh, of those. Well, you know, yeah. No, I'll change it to Cassell. Cassell was actually decent last year before he yep. got hurt. So yeah, you I just saved yourself. Yep. Yeah, far I was I thought about it for five seconds. It's like no, no, Gasell. 
just Casella is not good enough to get you to the point where he'll break your heart like Favre did. Right. Oh well, trust me, I'm I'm very very. 2009 is still very fresh in my memory. So. <laughs> oh boy, would it be if this if that had happened to the Seahawks and then the Super Bowl thing had happened to the Seahawks? I would not oh, be man. here. To, yeah, I would yeah. Myself. I, you'd just be walking around in a daze by a bus stop somewhere. Yes, that's it would smaller. be brutal. It'll be brutal. I I have a couple questions. Right. Is that okay? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, number one, can you get me tickets to the Seahawks Vikings game on December sixth, and can I stay at your house? Um, is that in Minneapolis or is that yes. in Seattle? It's in Minneapolis. Which, um, I can check on that, but um, <laughs> it'll be difficult. It'll that be a very a difficult question. thing for me to. Okay, wow, Christy. Well, because I go to a travel game every year, and I would love to go to see if I get because Vikings are my second well, favorite yeah. team because family from from Minnesota. Obviously. Well, you know. Yeah, obviously not. Obviously, Minnesota in December. I mean, you can't beat it. That's yeah. that's that's Paris. <laughs> that's what they always time. say. You right. can't yeah, actually hope to probably get there, right. much yeah. less beat it. And that, um, that game, and that game will be ours because the uh, new stadium's not going to be built another year yet. So it's, oh uh, it's good. That's the uh, okay. at the, uh, the University of Minnesota Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium, but it's then cold. maybe I'll wait. It's going to be really cold. Yeah, maybe wait a year on that okay. one. Um, next is, are you ever going to come to Seattle for any reason? Um, for the, um, actually I have, uh, I have, my, um, wife has, um, in-laws out there. Not in, my in-laws are out there, actually. Her, uh, uncle and aunt live out in, um, let's go, is Federal Way? Yes. A suburb? That's where John Moe is from. That's where yes, Winston John Moe is from. Yeah, I believe they live either, they uh, could be in Everett. I can't remember which, it's one it's of those. It's one of those. But yeah, um. <laughs> It's one I mean, of those two, and I know, and also uh, my um, my sister and brother-in-law um, also uh, have a family out of there. Um, that would be my brother-in-law. His uh, mom lives in his concrete a town out there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Nice, nice freaking names on your suburbs, by the way, guys. <laughs> Jesus God. Um, but, but yes, I do have family out there, and it's a goal to get out there at some point to see them. Because I, you need to just pitch it as a, because we have, I'm sure that there's going to be a 2000th show event somehow, and there will probably be a Chateau Sam well, picnic. So you should pitch it as you need to come out here, obviously. I, I am I am the official blogger. Yes, Sorry, you my, have to meet us. Of, um, TV Man, people. that hurts. But, no, but <laughs> well, you live in, don't you live in Austin, Mike? Yeah. But he doesn't so, like yeah. it. And it's expensive. That blog money really helped, you know? <laughs> I'm really sorry. But wait. wait a minute. They paid you for that? God damn it. <laughs> oh, I, I have got to renegotiate. Yeah, uh, they paid him uh, in Luke cheese. Luke told me not to say that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have this bar, this this uh, restaurant here in Seattle that's called Zeta Buddies, and it's a Minnesota restaurant. And they play all the Minnesota really? games. Uh, all the people come, all the, you know, transplants go there. And I was just wondering yeah. if you would like to go there. Maybe we can have a meetup at this place. I if I, I would absolutely go there. Absolutely. Okay. I'll send you the link so you can see this place. Seriously, please do. Is it okay. is it like the place that the those the uh only the boat dorks went out? What did they, what was the name of that? Oh uh, right. Place? The, the Rusty Viking or the Rusty uh, uh Pape and I went there. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but I mean the happy Chum bucket. I can't yeah. remember. There's just, it's just they had the 
you get that great picture of Camaro Cab on the boat just in the throes of the worst hangover. <laughs> I have it saved. I had it saved on my desktop, and I just use that in various like email correspondences. If I'm really frustrated <laughs> or feeling low, I just send right. a picture of Camaro Kev on the boat with his head in his hands, <laughs> and it just. I do. I'm not. This is not a joke. I I can send it to you like the next five seconds. To let you know that <laughs> I have it at hand immediately at all times for poor this. poor Kevin. He was the only one. He's the only reason they got there because he's the only only one who seemed to be able to reasonably operate a boat, and his oh. punishment was a giant uh, a giant sliver and a, a huge giant hangover. sliver, a huge hangover. Just just he looks so sad in that picture. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite things. All right, um, how to get involved with this show. Do what Stu did. He went to littleredbandwagon.com, and he filled out the form, and he kept bugging us until we finally put him on here. Uh, Facebook, go to the Stens page for the rambling morass of bullshit that goes on there, or just go to ours because it's clean and fun, and you'll love it. Personal Twitter is at Drew McFrizz, is mine at Kissy Eyes is Christy, and that's because she couldn't pronounce Christy Wise when she was a kid. So it's not just a distracting Twitter name. It's actually very charming, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. And our guest, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, Randballs Stew, R-A-N-D-B-A-L-L-S-S-T-U. I believe Christy wants an explanation on that. Yeah, not um, rear I, one, end balls. Not rear not end not balls. Rear, not rear, it is definitely not rear end balls. Um, <laughs> I really don't know where you got that one from. Um, <laughs> but um, when I got my my internet start, also was, uh, there's a sports blog at the uh, local paper, the uh, um, Minneapolis equivalent of the Seattle Post Intelligencer or the Austin American Statement, Mike, um, or the New Orleans Time Picky, and whoever listening in New Orleans. Um, they have a sports blog there called Randball by a guy named Michael Rand, and I left a couple, oh. com- I left a couple comments on the blog. He liked the cut of my jib, and he let me like do regular uh, posts on the blog because he actually had an actual job at the paper, and a couple people liked it. It got you know picked up by some people and stuff and stuff. Did someone steal it from you, or do, do, do you still have it? Um, I don't still. I mean, I I have the keys if I ever want to publish. It's nice for a living now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still have the option if I ever want to throw something their way, I can. Well, let me say this about your your Twitter account, Rand, Randball Stew. Uh, very funny stuff, and you 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 tweet out a lot for Infinite Guests, but you also do a lot of tweeting of your own, and you're one of the funniest people on Twitter. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say, Mike. Um, show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can email us at littlerightbandwagon at gmail.com. We got some message tonight that Jeremy was telling me about. I actually don't know how to get into it, so um, they wake me up for the important meetings when something good comes in there. <laughs> Voicemail 802-432-8285, 802-432-TBTL. Leave us a voicemail, please. Um, it's Christy, do we have any housekeeping, or are we uh, jumping out of here? Um, the only thing is a reminder of the meetup that's happening July 11th at the Irishman in Everett. Okay. And what time is that? That's a good question, Mike. I wasn't prepared for it. I think it's seven o'clock, but the <laughs> link is on our page, Mike, right? Thanks for asking. It is. All right. I'm trying to pull it up fast. <laughs> yeah. Go to our page. It's there. Um, Come at seven. Hold a table if it's at eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's an, a sad announcement. 
DJ just said today that he cannot make it. So I personally think it's because he's scared to go head-to-head with other people with his Chex Mix. Yeah. But he says it's a housewarming party. He claims his Chex Mix game is strong, but he only uses the recipe off the box. We had some people that are mm-hmm. going to really bring some good stuff. So <clears throat> I think it's his loss. I mean, the Guinness people are going to be there to record the best Chex Mix in history. And if he can't be there, he's just not going to be part of that celebration. So right, He just loses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Guys, I've, I've checked, by the way, the bar in question where Camaro Cab got the fierce hangover. The mm-hmm. Savage Moose. Savage right. Moose, Savage yes. Moose. Was not the Rusty Viking, as I said there. before. So <laughs> yes, we'll they go did. There too. Uh, when Peep and I went there, we, we got some small plates, which were very unsatisfactory for, for a, a man of Pape's stature and snacking <laughs> acumen. So we'll get food at, at Zeta Buddies and then go get drinks at the Savage Moose. But we have Sounds to break, we have to like sail a fence or break in in some yeah. way. Oh, oh yeah, there has okay. to be some outpatient surgery being performed in the bar <laughs> by Chris well. and the bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we met a different bartender, but uh, she had heard all about the surgery. They, she knew all about what happened that night. So, um, Christy, I don't have anything else tonight, but I I want to say, Stu. This was a great milestone for us having someone from IG on here, especially someone who is actually a fan of the show. Thank you for doing it, and we hope to have you back someday. Until next time, this is The Next Party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it. <laughs>